welcome to Write for Joy. I'm Allie Cross. I'm an author and happiness enthusiast. I've chased joy my whole life until one day I realized I already had it. Joy is all around us. So let's see if we can grab some of it for ourselves today. I'm Allie Cross, and this is Write for Joy. Hi, everyone. Today, I am joined by Amy Ziegler. Amy is an award-winning author of romantic comedies and mysteries, so probably pretty much exactly the kind of book I would love to read. Her mainstream romance, The Casserole Dish, won the runner-up in the Rhone Awards for Sweet Contemporary Romance. Her stories are packed with humor and charm and heart. Again, I'm just loving this. And with a dash of action and adventure, like people, we should all just be buying up all our books. That also a neat little sidebar is that Amy narrates all of her audiobooks, which I super respect. Amy's got a lovely voice. Oh, she gets to do that though. It's not just for any old person. She has been trained in theater through university. So this is not for the faint of heart. Um, so good job, Amy. And when she's not writing, she, I love when she said she's teasing her three kids. I think that was the default in our family the whole time was even when there was trouble, the first thing was to go to, to some laughter in our family. And I honestly think that that was really beneficial for our, our kids. There was, anyway, I agree. So. So I thought that was really fun that you put that in there. <laughs> and I'm also super curious about, she said she is globetrotting with her husband. Of course, doing book research. I mean, let's not tell the tax man, you know, if they also enjoy themselves. <laughs> I have already become an Amy fan. We have been sort of wrote in the same circles, but never had the chance to meet before. I'm really excited to check out her books and to have this chat with her. So Amy, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself or books that maybe go a little bit beyond what I just shared? Okay. Well, first of all, I do find that when I'm in a stressful situation, as long as I'm not like minimizing people's feelings or you know, making light of a situation, I feel like bringing humor into something really does lighten the mood. There's only been a couple of times where it's backfired and it's been bad, but most of the time, I'll just bring a little humor into it. I can disarm my teenagers. I can bring a little levity to the situation when I'm stressed. And that has always been kind of like my hallmark. And I decided to bring that to my books. So I do write action adventure, romantic comedies. What does that mean? Okay, well, it means that a lot of my books have something other than romance going on. So usually right now I'm writing a lot of standalones and they're just about girls, usually about 26, and they're going on adventures and they're doing something with their lives. Let me give you an example. So I wrote this, this book. It was called Summer of Sundays and it was a novella and it was about an ice cream shop. And I was like, oh, well, not only is this ice cream shop in Seward, Alaska, which is a place that I used to spend my summers because my dad was an avid fisherman and we lived up in Alaska. 
but she's going to be deathly afraid of like getting in the boats in the water. And then she's going to have to overcome that fear. And she's going to have to like go out on Resurrection Bay in a storm and go rescue her friends, right? Like that's part of my story. One of my cousins read that, a, a male cousin of mine, okay? He was so impressed. He listened to it in audio. He was so impressed with my description and just like the the setting of Resurrection Bay, the town of Seward, the ice cream shop, that he took his sons and his brothers and their sons on a trip up to Seward, Alaska to go see Resurrection, Resurrection Bay. I thought that was incredible. Oh. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, like, that's brilliant. what I love. Yeah. I'm, so I love bringing that to your books because, like, we did use that humor a lot in our family, but I'm not as good at bringing that to my stories. So I love that you can do that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, so I do love bringing humor. I love bringing places that I've lived a lot of. The settings that are in my books are places that I live. The casserole dish was set in St. Louis. It was a love letter to a friend of mine who, when I was going through a really rough time, this friend mentioned, hey, you know what? Maybe you should offer the olive branch to a really gossipy, terrible neighborhood. And that changed my attitude. It changed my heart. And so I decided to write a story about it. And I didn't use my neighbors per se because, you know, I don't want to get sued. But I took attributes from all these neighbors that I found annoying, you know, the, the guy who's constantly bragging about his kids, right? I was just like, oh, that has to go in there because that's annoying, right? It wasn't anything like terrible. They're not terrible defects. They're just funny little human nature. Okay. And I stuck that in a book. The funny thing is, I was so nervous about that book because I was really self-conscious about it. And then I accidentally sent it into the roads. I wasn't even supposed to send that book in there, Allie. It was a mistake. Like I had accidentally bought two of their reviews and they were like, oh yeah, you already bought one for this book. And she's, and I was like, oh, now what? And she's like, well, if you have another book. And I was like, I have this other book, but it's kind of more of a mainstream romance. I don't even know if they're going to like it. And I was like, oh, it's going to be a terrible review. They're going to hate so this book. And surprise, it got a crowned heart of excellence from Indy Pale. It won second place runner up. I was blown away because it was such a personal book. Everything that was in that book was so personal to me. And I was just like, I don't know if people are going to relate to this. And so, of course, it has, you know, humor in it. And that's like I said, that's how I deal with like conflict, conflict and problems. During that time, I had um, had some pregnancy loss and I had postpartum depression. We actually got a nasty gram from the IRS, like all of these things. And I stuck these all in, in the book. And, and it, along with some experience that I'd had rehabbing a house there in St. Louis, not my own house, but another house that I was working on. And I kind of put them all together in this book. And it just kind of blew me away that well, ended up going as far. To me, it doesn't sound at all surprising because you wrote about things that most of us have had some experience with. And you also said that it was, uh, that that experience, the real life experience was a growth opportunity for you. So I'm assuming you wrote that into the story. And so I am a huge, huge fan of transformational stories. 
At recent conferences, I've heard a lot, like people are starting to talk about non-transformational stories. And I'm like, I think I am not a fan of that topic. And (laughs) I am shocked and surprised when anybody wants to talk about it. Or write a book like that. (laughs) I would love a book like that because I'm all about resonance, like creating something that readers feel. And we, part of our job, I think, as writers is not just to entertain, but to, and this is going to sound highbrow, and I don't mean it that way. It's just that entertainment forever has always been about allowing us to learn and grow in, um, like, non-personal ways. If we're not ready, we just enjoy the story or whatever. And if we are ready, then the character's journey resonates so hard and we can actually become better people for reading that book. And don't know why you wouldn't want that chance to help someone or whatever. I don't know. So absolutely. I just did another podcast and they were talking about that, Mm -hmm. about that transformation and how as authors, I want, as an author, I want my readers to feel something like joy, like we talked about earlier before the podcast and, but sorrow and um, these, these are human qualities. And what I love about this is that my humanness is connecting with the reader's humanness and these shared experiences bring us together. And someone who's had a miscarriage. And you write it mm-hmm. in a way that is real because mm-hmm. you have experienced it and you're sharing it in a real way. Mm-hmm. Then someone else, they feel immediately that connection with you because that the reader will know, oh, she knows what this yep. is. Just been there. So um, absolutely. Back to how to describe your stories. I was totally picturing... <laughs> Sandra Bullock's The Lost City. Like, is that the kind yeah. of... Yeah, I do have some of those as well. Like, so my mysteries are all so crazy. Advanced. Baker's Dozen is like a globetrotting extravaganza. They're also globetrotting. Like, they just go all over the place. And and what, that's one of the reasons I do love to travel. Like, you mentioned the globetrotting. Pause for a second. Uh, you know, so part of the things with my globetrotting... Um, is I'm always inspired by the cultures that I visit and the people that I meet. Even traveling within the United States, I've been to Canada a few times, um, Europe a few times. I just got back from a trip to Asia. Like all of these settings inspire my writing. And I guess one of the things that I think is hard for me as a writer is I put a lot of myself into my writing. Like a lot of my stories are extremely personal and they have some kind of connection to my life, almost, almost all of those stories. So it takes me a little bit longer to write them. I can only do maybe four books a year, but what you'll get is an You're immersive no experience. I mean, I don't know why you feel well, like some you of my friends apologize. <laughs> that's plenty. Well, it's like, oh my gosh, I like I have some friends that they were just like, well, I put out, you know, 10 books last year. And I was like, that's almost freaking book a month what are you doing yeah i can't do that i've got a life i've got teenagers you know so and you're writing with your whole heart 
And like you were saying, I think that it's you it takes more out of you because you can't just toss off a story like I think you're, so. You're reaching deep for feelings and stuff, right? So that's right. Time, I think. And and I, yeah, I think that comes back to my theater training is that we were like trying to communicate emotion and trying to draw an audience in so much that that's really what I try to do with my writing. So, oh, but I am trying I can't really wait to read them. <laughs> Tell me how you would define joy. I just feel like everything about you is if, if joy was a, was a visual something, like you would just be sparking joy. Bing, bing, bing. All right, then. Well, we had a little technical difficulties with Amy last time. So we're back again, or else we just had a quick costume change, you know, whatever <laughs> works for you. This is a kind of theater after all, so who knows? But when we were chatting last time, it was so fun. Amy is amazing, isn't she? I really enjoyed talking with her and we've been texting since and stuff like she is now my friend and she can never get rid of me. So um, <laughs> that's awesome. Woo! But I did not get to ask the pivotal question, which was, where do you, Amy, find joy in your writing? I just think writing, first of all, is the whole act of creation, I think, brings me so much joy. Like what we're doing as writers is we're actually creating something that did not exist. Like, did it didn't exist. It, the only place it existed was in our head, and it's a story. And from there, we take it, we put words to it, and we describe it. And then after that, then we either have a publisher or we self-publish it ourselves. And then we have a physical object that we can hold in our hands and we can share with other people, which I just think is incredible. It is such a beautiful thing. I love being able to share stories. It makes me so happy when people read my stories and they connect with them, like their humanness is connecting with my humanness, <laughs> all of those things. Just, I don't know, like I love creation of all sorts. Like I have lots of hobbies, too many hobbies. Now that I've started writing kind of mostly full time, I kind of had to put some of those other hobbies away, but I just love the act of creation. I think it's beautiful. Well, and most writers, when we release a book, we often call them our book babies. Babies. Right? Yeah. I have to admit, it might seem weird, but it does feel a lot like having a child and sending them out into the world. Like you've raised your child up as best you can, and then you hope that they do well out in the wide world, right? And it's <laughs> a lot like what we've done just in this encapsulated I think so. Because like for me, for my process, I like incubate for a long time. Like think of ideas because my books are so personal, because they have so much of me in them. I incubate for a long time and I think about ideas and quotes and just like nuggets of wisdom that I want to put in my books. And it's kind of like the same thing. Like we carry a child for nine months. It doesn't take me nine months to write a book now, thankfully. At the beginning, I was a lot slower. But I feel like, you know, there's that incubation time where I think about things and there's like the actual like physical creation. So maybe it's more like a spiritual creation, physical often creation. painful and difficult. It is. And it's like a lot of times I cry and it's not out of frustration. It's just because you're creating something so beautiful and you're like, wow, I'm really touched and caught up in this moment. Right. 
And sometimes it's painful just because it's hard. Like writing is hard. Like if you think writing is easy, I want to know your secret is because man, every time I sit down to write a book, I'm like, I don't know how to do this. I do this too hard. Like weird phenomenon. I feel that way too. It's like I'm staring at a blank page and and I'm like a noob all over again. How do I turn this blank page into an 80,000 word book? Absolutely. Not panic sets in. Absolutely. So there's all those things. Go ahead. You do send your book out into the world and then you wait with bated breath. Absolutely. Hoping that someone, preferably many someone. Lots of people. (laughs) One will, you said, their humanness will recognize your humanness and they will feel. And that's what we talked a lot about in our previous <laughs> portion of Section. this was the importance of being real in our books. And because if that's not the case for all authors, but Amy and right. I both write the same way. Absolutely. Like I am very present in my books. Like if you knew yep. me and you read my books, you would recognize me. Absolutely. Yeah. Which I don't know if that's bad or good. It's the way I write. It's the way that feels. So it does make it very personal. And Mm -hmm. therefore, how the book does feels very personal. It is. It can be. Yeah. And we're not supposed to. I know. Distance ourselves from the work, right? Right. Distance yourself. But I think because you and I, as artists, we put so much into our books, then when somebody criticizes it or rejects it or you know, the bad reviews, then it it does. It seems a lot more personal. And what that means is that to me, like when I read, you know, bad reviews, I do get a couple of, you know, the handful of bad reviews. To me, that just means it's being read by people who, you know, it's reaching a wide enough target audience that even the people that aren't in my target audience are reading this because not every book is going to be for every person, right? That's just, you know, there's some people love these books and I'm like, you know, And so to me, I think it's actually a great compliment when you get bad reviews. That's how I try to look at it. I'm like, somebody who who, who's outside of my target audience actually found my book. They didn't like it, but they the description and cover must have been enticing, which must have been something. Right. And I just realized, I just thought, I love analogies. That's my brain works in analogies. And it's how I personally learn. I, I do have a hard time learning sometimes. (laughs) <laughs> but I just thought like with our children, if they went out and played in the playground and they met someone and they tried so hard to be their friend, but that person just did not doesn't like them, want to be, we would say, you know, that's okay. You will find friends who love you. That friend just isn't for you. Right. And you absolutely. And that's absolutely. okay. Um, you I, don't tell them, go back out there and try harder. Try again. Then that's exactly how it is with my book, Sally. Allie. Those Absolutely. readers are just not for you. For you. But the friends, readers who do love your work. Those they, are your people. Exactly. <laughs> and they right. will be glad for the you that you Absolutely. put out on the page. So. Absolutely. I just had like this super Epiphany. aha moment, it's like revelatory <laughs> for me. I, I do think it's, it, it is like that, right? Like dating or any other time that you're building a relationship, because as writers, that that's what we're asking them to do. 
we're saying come sit with us for an hour or two or longer, depending on your works, and let's connect. Let's be friends. I hope you like the same things I like. I hope your <laughs> fantasies are the same fantasies that I like, right? Like, because if not, that's fine. We can walk away and we can be friends. But I just remember when I first started dating, like I would be crushed when guys would be like, I'm not really that interested in me, right? Like, I'm just not that interested. And I was just like, no, I should be able to make it work with everyone. And I'm glad I learned that lesson then in dating because it just makes this rejection so much easier because I'm like, not everybody is for everybody and that's okay. That's okay. I love it. And it explains mm -hmm. to me why my fans, the ones who choose to join my mm -hmm. fan group, and you've got a fan yeah. group as well, mm -hmm. they are my friends. And I hear other writers talk, uh -huh. they can keep some distance, but yeah. I, I'm just not. So, um, cause I, I feel joy mm -hmm. as well. Like yep. when I connecting, yes, Connections I think that's for everything and I, and I think that is a difference between like you and me as artists, like because we put so much of ourselves into our books, we do connect with our audience because they say, oh, look at this. Oh, and this is Allie on paper. And right. I really like this. I really like Allie. Yeah. And that's why I really do love like connecting with my readers. They're a lot like me. We mm -hmm. have, I mean, we're, of course, it's a diverse group, but it's, it's fun. I love hanging out with them. I have a readers group on Facebook. I love my newsletter. Um, I just have a really great time, you know, interacting with that. I spend a lot of time interacting with my fans. I like it. Not every author is going to do that, but I find I, joy in, in the connection. Yeah. Shoot. I had a question and it was super good. Now I can't remember oh, it. Dang it. That's okay. It's just another reason to have you back. We can talk about this <laughs> some more. Indeed. So I talk too much. Oh, is there such a thing? I don't know. If there is, I have a problem. <laughs> I think that we should all go read our books and then in a year or something, have her back. And we can talk about the joy we experienced in reading Amy's work. That sounds like, like, that sounds like an awesome book club. We Doesn't it? That club. sounds so fun. Joy in reading or whatever. And we read and just talk about the joy we find in the books we read. Oh, that's a great idea. That's I a marketable idea. <laughs> that would be awesome. That'd Amy, be amazing. Thank you so much for taking the time to come back and chat with me again. Yes. I know you're super busy. She's got so <laughs> much going on, which is wonderful because the world needs more of Amy. So, so thank you, Ellie. Uh, so well, I'll let you get back to your busy day. Thank you again for sharing your thank wisdom. Thank you so much. And your perspective. You are amazing. Oh, thank you, Ellie. I'm so glad that we finally got to make this connection twice now, which is awesome hey. and just makes me so happy. Thank you for allowing me to come on your show, your podcast, and allowing me to share what is so special to me. And I'm so grateful for you and your friendship. And I do. I hope we can chat again. I would love that. That would be amazing. So thank you. Samey. And thank you everyone for listening. Tune in again. And in the meantime, make sure you go out and grab joy because it's out there for you. Have a great week, everyone. See you next Bye. time. <laughs>